Today's episode is sponsored by you and others like you who have pledged a flexible monthly donation through the Urban Achiever Patreon page. Please consider becoming a contributor by visiting patreon.com slash urbanachiever. And thank you for your support. What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. Welcome to the show. This is Urban Achiever with Billy Power. I'm Billy. Listen, I'm uh, I'm running a little behind today. It's like uh, 10.30 Friday night. Some of you Pacific Coasters, I'm sure, are expecting uh, this thing here at midnight. So uh, I've been digging through all the archives today. Um it's been a busy couple of weeks, and uh, I, I've been getting very strong feedback about the letter show uh, uh, shows, uh, but this will probably be the last one for a while. So I tried to grab quite a few here. There's some uh, more doozies in here, <laughs> um, and we're going to end with uh, another embarrassing missive uh, from yours truly, so you can look forward to that. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to it. This is uh, the end of letters, at least for now. Uh, please enjoy. All right, here we go. Uh, this first one is a short missive from Aaron Bradford, who was uh, the operations manager of Tooth and Nail uh, for the first little bit of that first year. Uh, and he decided not to move to Seattle. And because he did not do that, I became operations manager. So thank you, Aaron, for not moving. <laughs> anyway, this is just kind of funny. Uh, Bill, your intelligence and artistic volition is an encouragement. Be bold as Blenderhead stirs souls and changes cultures with a fourth, a fourth, a force not seen since the Beatles. <laughs> Utilize your God-given wisdom in difficult, abstract, philosophical issues raised by the media and turn the tables. Turn all the negative energy against Bank of America. And then it says, keep on rocking in the free world. Sincerely, Aaron. All right. I think that came with my first paycheck when I was doing tooth and nail mail order out of my apartment. When I made a uh, dollar a mail order item. True story. Uh, this is a letter from my old boy, uh, Chris Weibel. It's an old one. This is from January of some year. Doesn't say the year on here. Bill, what's up, bro? How's it going in a la grunge capital, USA? <laughs> it was good to talk to you the other night. I'm excited to see all the awesome discs coming out and our label doing so well. I tell you, Brandon is the man with the plan. I think within another year, the Christian market will be, oh, tooth and nail is the only company to satisfy our needs. Well, it's all in God's plan, and so it's a darn good one. I'm really getting pumped for Cornerstone 95. It will rock so hard this year. I can't wait to hear Don't Know and the new Strong Arm. They are so hard. I'm psyched to check out the new Corduroy Red Hats. My black one got jacked for me at a show by some dumb punk. I better not run into him. 
Downset totally rocks, man, so hard. Here's another band for you if you haven't already checked them out. Stompbox, uh, the album Stress. They are friends of ours from Boston. We played together a couple times. They are on Columbia Records. Big time. They toured the U.S. with Unsane and Biohazard. We'll send you a copy of my sideband 313 shortly, as well as Everdown Live video. Here's a Downset sticker for you to tag. Enjoy. I hope to hear from you soon. Peace in Christ. God bless Chris Weibel. Uh, he still lives at this address. There you go. Um, also, uh, I did see Stompbox with uh, Biohazard on that tour. Uh, and I believe Paw, that band Paw that had that record drag line, they were on that tour too. There you go. Uh, here's a fun one. This is to uh, Tooth & Nails Christian distributor from August uh, 1996. Uh, <laughs> anyway. uh, to whom it may concern, I recently purchased a CD for my son by Sometime Sunday titled Drain, produced by Tooth & Nail. First and foremost, I want to say that the title is indeed appropriate. This should be down a drain. <laughs> I'm extremely annoyed that this CD is sold in Christian bookstores under the guise of a Christian CD had swear words on it. The swear words are not in the music itself. However, at the end of the last song, when the young men that made the CD are talking in the studio in our home, we are very selective of what we listen to and watch. Therefore found that the CD was inappropriate for Christians. <laughs> oh. She was annoyed. The CD was purchased at Berean Christian Store, and when we returned it to the store, they were very apologetic and replaced the CD with another selection. I believe if you are involved in the distribution and or purchasing slash selling of Christian music, you need to be more aware of what is on these CDs you are selling slash buying for Christian music stores. If we want swear words, we can go to a secular store and purchase their garbage. I would appreciate your prompt attention to this matter. Sincerely, Karen. From Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, look, there's a reply from me on the back here. This ought to be fun. Dear Karen, thank you for your letter concerning Sometimes Sunday. I'm sorry if you were offended by the use of a swear word in a bonus track on the CD. This record came out a long time ago. Featured pressings of this disc had this selection deleted. For the record, we make our music available for everyone, not just Christians. The drummer from Sometimes Sunday made the comment, and it was in good humor and not in any way malicious or deceitful. I know the guys in that band to be good Christians, and your characterization of their record as garbage is really hard for me to stomach, considering that you have to really dig to find the, the curse word in the first place, and it isn't within the context of the lyrics. Sometimes Sunday is not on our label anymore, and it's no longer a band, so the point at this time is really moot, but thank you for your concern. Sincerely. Power operations manager. Oh boy, different time and a different place, right, kids? <laughs> uh, this fella here um, actually uh, was had a letter in the uh, in the last batch, um, but he's still upset about something here. Um, all right, here you go. Dear sirs, this is May nineteen ninety six uh, from. Uh, Paul from Canton, Ohio. Dear sirs, I am writing with some concern about a recent release of your 90-pound wuss. When the album came into the store at which I work yesterday, I was firstly embarrassed by the cover of someone picking their nose and the title. <laughs> they were embarrassed by a cartoon of someone picking their nose? Okay. Are you not aware that the word wuss has its roots in female genitalia? <laughs> If so, why would you sign a group which is basically called 90-pound vagina? 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, classic. Also, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Also in the <laughs> 90 pound vagina. That's right. That's their name. Uh, also in the write up on the album, you state that quote, this project contains perhaps some of the boldest, most evangelical lyrics of any project on the tooth and nail label End quote. While this may be true, when I listened to it, I could not make out many of the lyrics. And since they are not included in the cover, what really is the use? Yes, that's true. And what a waste of time. Uh, as Christians, we are called to be in the world, but not of it. I must admit that when I opened up the May edition of HM Magazine, they did not look like people who had any joy or anything different from any other punk group. <laughs> oh, joyless 90-pound Wes, you guys. Uh, I am not closed-minded on these things. Yes, you seem very open-minded. Uh, but I'm concerned about the way Christ is being portrayed by many of the newer artists. I would very much appreciate a response about this and a copy of the album lyrics. I know many young people are still into such music, but should the anarchy and self-mutilation, which was at the root of the punk scene, mm, yes, really summed that up there with the anarchy and self-mutilation which was the root of the punk scene by something which we encourage people to remain in or something we should want people to come out of. I thank you for the time to read and respond to this letter and hope it will cause some thought as to what we do for the sake of Christ and how we portray him. And here's my, oh boy, my response. Uh, this might be a good time to mention that when I wrote most of these uh, responses to people, I was still in my early 20s. So what do I know? Uh, May 13th, 1996, dear Paul, one day when they were at practice, Jeff turned to Marty who weighs about 90 pounds and had his shirt off and said, you're a 90 pound wuss laughing. That's how they got their name. As far as being named after fem quote, female genitalia and quote, I would ask you to kindly get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> That's ooh, touche. That's not what the band meant, and they have been on record in magazines on this subject. Maybe you got a demo version of the record. The finished version of the record contains all the lyrics in their entirety. Here's the lyrics to the very first song on the album, Perseverance. You tell me that you can't do it, I tell you Christ can. You tell me you've seen too much, I know Christ has seen more. I'm not better than anybody else, I never said that I was. I'm not better than anybody else, maybe just better off. So keep trying. Perseverance builds character. Fight. Proven action builds character. I'm enclosing a booklet so you can see the rest for yourself. I believe that you are indeed close-minded about these things and that you have a stereotypical and biased view of things based on your own prejudices. How can you even go so far as to say you know things about somebody by looking at their photo? If I frown, does that mean I'm not a Christian? I know the guys in this band personally know that they all have a wonderful relationship with the Lord and are not ashamed of it. I grew up in the punk scene, and punk rock is a style of music, not a lifestyle of anarchy and self-mutilation. There may very well be people within that scene who do drugs, commit sexual acts outside of marriage, etc., but that doesn't mean everybody does. Oh, and also within the Christian community, by the way, they do all those things. That's just a side note. I believe that 90 Pound Wuss and other bands like them, comprised of Christians, really do have something to offer everyone. The band regularly plays shows with non-Christian bands and has even been, quote, banned from several shows because of their outspoken faith. Saying that we are encouraging people to stay in some scene is not accurate. Our records are available to every everyone and it's up to individual consumers to come to their own conclusions about the music and lyrics we encourage the artists on our label to above all be honest after all christ sees what is written on our hearts not what we speak from our mouths so indeed that is the most important thing 
I hope that this response will not anger you, but allow you to see that we don't just blindly put records out. I grew up in the church. My father was a minister. Uh, Brandon's dad is a pastor of a 2000 member church in Portland. We both attend a local Presbyterian church and under the prayer and support of that church. You know, it's funny. We had never even considered that 90 pound wuss would be offensive. It certainly wasn't to us. And what we saw was four guys who love Jesus and who play great music. That's what we're about. And to us, that's enough. Thanks for your time. Sincerely. Sincerely me. A letter from me from 1996. All right, what else do we have here? Oh, this is funny. This is, uh, I found this in some really, really old stuff. This is a letter uh, to my band from high school from the 80s, point blank, uh, sending away for our tape. Dear Mitch, enclosed is a check for $3. Please send me a copy of your demo. Thanks. This is from one Scott Albert of Circle of Dust fame, brainchild, etc. That was fun to run across that today. Uh, here we go. This is funny. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, our records went into the Christian bookstores, uh, Aaron and Jesse Sprinkle's father, who is a pastor at Calvary Church, uh, wrote us a, like a like a reference letter, basically. <laughs> oh. What a weird world. Uh, here's this. Dear Demonte, I'm writing on behalf of the Seattle-based band Blenderhead. I've known Bill and the boys for about three years, and I must say they are punk rock. <laughs> They're also a great bunch of guys who are very talented and who know where that talent comes from. I know them to be committed followers of Christ, displaying such in their families and their church community, mainly Calvary Fellowship Seattle, where I serve as an associate pastor. As a band dad slash manager slash roadie slash van driver for my own boys band, uh, Aaron and Jesse Sprinkle of, quote, poor old Lou, I've spent considerable time with the Blenderhead guys and can say they are without a doubt pretty spiff. Responsible? Yep. Accountable? Positively. Persevering? I'd say. Punk rock? Absolutely among the best. My oldest son, Aaron, just produced their debut album, soon to be released on Tooth & Nail. It was amazing. Uh, I was totally amazed at the outcome. Very cool stuff, and more importantly, very fine young men. Uh, the Lord is raising up and developing a strong, loving community of Christian artists in the Seattle area, functioning and growing because its foundation is in him, and it is undergirded. <laughs> undergirded. That's not a word you hear every day. And in partnership with the local body of Christ, Blenderhead is a vital, much-respected part of this community, which is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with Seattle young people. I truly love these guys and feel proud and blessed to know him, know them. I wholeheartedly recommend them to you. Thanks for your time. Praying for you all, Dave Sprinkle. Uh, P.S. <laughs> this is the best part. If these guys turn out to be psychos, I never knew them. Just kidding. D.S. <laughs> that was probably good to put that disclaimer in there. And uh, thank you, Dave, for that kind recommendation. This next one is uh, kind of long, so... Hold on to your hats. This is uh, part of a series of, um, I'm not going to read the whole series, but this is just uh, one uh, back and forth that I had going with uh, this zine called Married Punks uh, from back in the day. I can't remember what year this was, but I feel like this must have been like around 95, 96, something like that. Um, and it was basically him arguing uh, the validity of being a Christian and being punk and all that kind of stuff and, and whatever. 
So pretty interesting. Uh, so this is a uh, response. I don't, uh, my uh, original letter isn't uh, um, attached, but here's his response. Dear Bill, I thank you for your letter and this response will appear in the issue number 10 with your letter and the letter that someone else from Teeth and Nail sent anonymously. I'm assuming that it's from your label because of the first sentence. Uh, your intelligence baffles me saying that we elude uh, kids by saying Tooth and Nail is a Christian label. It's a funny letter to say the least. Uh, I, I remember that. They published some letter that somebody else wrote to them. I don't know who did that. First, <coughs> excuse me. First off, I'm glad that you wrote to me. I also want to state here that I do not want to see Tooth and Nail boycotted or out of business, nor do I want to see decent independent record stores ripped off. Contrary to what you believe, and I have stated that before, uh, actually, I hope you are successful. You obviously enjoy what you do, and I only wish you the best now to the meat and potatoes. Just because I do not respect the Christian faith does not mean that I have no right to define it. Actually, I've made no attempt to define it. The acts of Christians and Christian organizations have defined Christianity for better or worse over the years. Actions speak louder than words, and the actions of those of the Christian faith have spoken quite clearly. I still contend that there are Christian businesses if a business, and like it or not, a record label is a business, is run with Christian values and sells Christian materials, I would label that as a Christian business. Sure, a business is a business, but there are variations. Look at the difference between Blockbuster and some mom and pop video rental outlet. A business is a business, right? I am not too familiar with all the acts on relapse, earache, and so on, but those, those labels are run by Satanists and put out Satanic music that furthers the Satanic cause, then yes, they are Satanic record labels. I will state, though, that bands alone don't make a label, one thing or another. Do you think that anybody ever considered relapse or earache a Satanic label, other than maybe Christians? I mean, nobody else sees it that way, do they? Anyway, uh, the bands go hand in hand with the values that the businesses run under. Also, anyone I've ever asked who knew of Tooth and Nail would always state that it was a Christian label. This is from fans of the label. This is obviously what Tooth and Nail is being known for. Why do you think this is? I don't find many people mistaking Epitaph, for example, for a Christian label. If you don't like the label you have been given by your fans, you should do something to change that. These are your customers, after all, not detractors. As a matter of fact, it was one of Tooth & Nail's fans that gave me the idea to do the story. He wanted to know why Tooth & Nail didn't advertise as a Christian label when in his eyes that's exactly what it was. No, he was not complaining, but he was curious, and so was I. You would you go on in your letter to say that state that there are more bands that don't express a Christian view than do, and then you say that the majority of band members are Christian. You state we are quote we are Christians and we sign bands we like, who are friends, most of whom have the same ideology we do. End quote. I think I'll let that stand by itself as it is self-explanatory. I still feel that Tooth and Nail is being misleading and trying to present a religious viewpoint under the guise of punk rock. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't think that should get Tooth & Nail kicked out of any, quote, scene, but I do think that the label should be more upfront. People want to know where their money is going. This is the reason that plenty of Christian organizations have sneaked into the marketplace without advertising it as such. There's nothing wrong with that, but when it's being done to present a religious viewpoint or institute a religious policy, I think that happens to be dishonest. Blockbuster is a great example. <laughs> Blockbuster, not even around anymore. Blockbuster is a great example of this. What is the reason behind all of this? You seem happy to call yourself a Christian and you are quick to say tooth and nail signs bands that likes bands that often share the same religious views. You also seem upset that I define tooth and nail as a Christian label. I don't think that you are a 
ashamed of this title. What I do think is that you do not want someone who does not like to support Christian businesses avoiding your record label. It seems like you would rather get someone to buy a tooth and nail record without knowing the theology behind it. That is sneaky no matter which way you look at it. I'm curious to know if you figured out how much money tooth and nail would lose by going public with religious views behind the label. Um, now I'm just going to interject something here that's just kind of funny and straight. I mean, I haven't seen this letter in years, maybe since the first time that I read it when he sent it to me. But I, I think it's funny that he go, he just belabors this whole point of like that we're so sneaky and like how sneaky can it be? Someone wrote him a letter saying we're Christian. He knows we're Christian. I wrote it back and said I'm a Christian and we're Christians. And then he still thinks that somehow it's just going to go. It's going under the radar that nobody knows we're Christians. Oh boy. This goes back to that whole thing. If you've seen the Tooth and Nail documentary, and I know Jeff uh, from 90 Pound Wuss has mentioned this before, as have many others, but it's that whole thing of uh, too uh, Christian for the non Christians and not Christian enough for the Christians. And this is maybe a great example of that. In any case, he thought we were tricking people and being sneaky, and his letter continues here. You were right, though. I could have done more research. If James, uh, he's talking about James, our publicist at the time, had been more straightforward in the beginning, maybe I would have been more inclined to go to him for information. As it were, uh, as it were, he talked around the issues. The information I did gather was complete. I found that every fan of Tooth & Nail that I talked to called it the best Christian label around. <laughs> Again, where would they get that idea? Granted, they aren't spokespeople for the label, but there must be something there in order to plant this idea in their heads that Tooth & Nail is a Christian label. Perhaps it is the number of bands singing about Jesus, dot, dot, dot. You drop a lot of band names in your letter as if that would lend credibility to your claim. It doesn't, and it is unimpressive shelter earth crisis come on as far as bad brains goes i never liked that band the homophobia behind its lyrics which are a direct line to its religious belief disgusts me of course a lot of religions tend to be hostile toward anything out of the norm christianity is not the uh exception there that's a bold uh I respect his bold uh, statement, uh, slagging Bad Brains, one of the most legendary uh, hardcore bands of all time, universally uh, respected by pretty much everybody. Anyway, I try not to stereotype, really. I do not think that all Christians are the same, but when I see a Christian organization skirting around issues and doing its best to distance, uh, put distance from its faith, I worry. It's becoming an all-too-common practice. Am I paranoid? Am I, I suppose it may be paranoid to think that an ex-racist who acted as security for Operation Rescue may now be promoting Christian punk bands and setting up shows. I suppose it may be paranoid to think that Blockbuster demands that certain naughty scenes be taken out of movies it wants to carry, thus initiating industry-wide standards as it works toward a stranglehold on the video rental market. I suppose it may be paranoid to think that the feminist women's health center in Reading was burned down three times due to abortion procedures performed there, and this is funny, acts of, quote, witchcraft. I suppose it may be paranoid to think that Christian organizations are firing women for having premarital sex or even for contemplating an abortion. All of these things have happened and they st are still happening. It is, uh, is it too far-fetched to think that Tooth & Nail might want to keep Christian aspects disguised so that people who do not support Christian-run businesses buy the releases without knowing just where their money is going to? I think not. Eh, that's pretty far-fetched. 
in my opinion. Oddly enough, Tooth and Nail's religious aspects become more apparent with every letter we get from it. The label seems so driven to claim that it's not a Christian label while at the same time celebrating its faith. This leaves readers in my zine with no doubt as to what is going on. I've had plenty of readers tell me that they knew what Tooth and Nail was. They just wish that the label would be more truthful and proud of what it does. Take it to heart. You may just get more fans. As far as looking in the mirror and realize that I'm the thing that I hate while I looked, I'm not a hypocritical <laughs> religious fool yet. I'll keep you posted, though. Imparting. I'm glad you're successful. It's a hard thing to do these days, especially while doing something you love. If the American dream, however, is obtained by denying what you believe in for the sake of the bottom line and seeing how many people one can scam, then I want nothing to do with it. You are right, though. You seem to have found it. Sincerely, uh, D.B. from Married Punks. Letter from a long time ago. Uh, what's interesting, one other thing I'll just say about that, it's sort of like a very damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Um, me personally, I was extremely influenced by a book called Addicted to Mediocrity by uh, Frankie Schaefer, son of Francis Schaefer. Uh, the con the main concept therein is that there's just the whole world as God created it, and there's not these uh, artificial separations between sacred and secular that uh, people put on things. And I and I stuck to that pretty hardcore. Uh, still do actually. Um, you know, it's like a weird, it's just really just arguing semantics at the end of the day and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Moving on. Uh, let's see what we got here. Letter to Blenderhead from 1994. Oh, this is from good old Joby. I think there's a couple from Joby in here. Hey, just wanted to write and tell you guys, you kick butt big time. I really hope I get to see you live. I live in the Pittsburgh PA area, so nothing much happens here. My friends and I drove out to Cleveland to see Mortal and the Blamed. They were incredible. It was in a church with hard wooden pews two feet from the stage, but we all still found a way to jump around and beat each other. Christian-like, of course. <laughs> I'm an art student at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I'll be moving to California next year to become a special effects artist or actor. If you want to see what I look like, I'll be in a movie coming up soon called House Guest with Phil Hartman and Sinbad. I met Sinbad not that long ago, by the way. He stopped into my school there. Uh, I was just an extra, but it was fun. I'm everywhere. I'm the only kid who looks like Kurt Cobain, or so I've been told. I wear a gray shirt. No jeans. Look for me. I'm also in a CBS movie, The Oksana Bayul Story. It's about some figure skater chick. <laughs> uh, it'll be on in November. Now that I've bragged, I'll get on with why I'm writing. I just wanted to tell you how good you sound. I love the feeling of listening to good punk group and not feeling guilty about the message. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean. Oh, well. My friend is trying out to be uh, Mr. Bishop's Fist's guitar player. I hope he gets it. It will be a big step for him. I just thought I'd say that. Anyway, if you can come to Pittsburgh, can you please let me know when? I know you probably had a lot of people ask that of you, but I'd appreciate it. If you want to save money, hotels and crap, you can crash in my house. Free! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. We don't get cable, though, but I have all the Star Wars movies. Anyway, thanks for your time and enjoy the picture. God bless uh, Joby. And he drew the world's biggest fan picture thing. That's like incredible. I still have it. It's like a giant poster thing. Ooh, this is like a. It's another one from Joby here. It's a little longer. Dear guys, I wrote to you a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 
He's a big Star Wars fan. I must say I was happy when you wrote back, Bill. You recommended a band to me called Jawbox. I checked them out, and you're right. They rock. I sent you a picture of a fat superhero named Dorkman. Well, little did I know that Don't Know has a Dorkman, too. Whoops. I have since changed his name to Captain Prick. (laughs) Oh, you think gold. Paul was upset about 90-pound vagina. Wait till he hears about Captain Prick. Uh, <laughs> just in case you were going to take me to court for it or something, you know. Wowee, I can't wait for Cornerstone. I think my band will try to play at that uh, amateur stage that they have there. We're called Fatso, and we're Christian punk rockers, too. We play around in the Pittsburgh, PA area a lot, mostly with satanic, hardcore, kill your parents with a plunger, then drink their blood type of bands. That's all dashed satanic dash hardcore dash kill dash your parents dash with dash a plunger dash then dash drink dash their dash blood type of bands <laughs> but they respect us a lot i think because people like us more than them i must say you guys have been a great inspiration to us we don't rip you off but we do have that sing yell combination and i thank god for giving me a voice that i can do it uh, yelling then singing is very different. It's hard to do both in one song, let alone a 45 minute set, but I don't have to tell you that. Did you have trouble when you started, Bill? I also thank God for giving me, yes, I did. I had a lot of trouble. I still have trouble. Uh, I also thank God for giving me unique, harsh sounding yell. The other bands we sometimes play with, they have to have distortion on their mics, probably because they suck. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, true story, actually, when we uh, recorded Prime Candidate for Burnout, right before we did the vocals, I got maybe one of the worst uh, colds of my life. Uh, and that's why many of the vocals on that record sound extra, extra harsh and not the way that I ever sang. And uh, in fact, some of them were so bad and my voice was so hoarse that we actually had to redo many of the vocals when we were mixing. True story. Uh, back to the letter. Anyway, enough about us. I just wanted to write to you and thank you for writing to me. I can't wait to meet your cornerstone. Bill, you, you sent me your business card with your number on it because I told you I was moving to California in October to be a special effects artist. This might sound dumb and you might hear this a lot, but can I come up and visit you guys sometime? I'll be living with a married Christian couple, so I'll be a new kid on the block. If you skate, maybe we can do that or something. I don't know. You guys should be recording soon, shouldn't you? How's it going? Well, well, I hope you said your new stuff was weirder and more emotional. Cool. I look forward to hearing it. I hope your songs have a funky beat that I can bug out to. Oh, well, guess I'll go now. Thanks again for taking the time to write back to me. I know you're probably busy, so it was really cool to see you, Cornerstone. Love, Joby. Uh, I don't know how Joby feels about me reading these, so I will not reveal who he is. But uh, he's in a band that put out a couple kick-ass records on Tooth and Nail later. And... Uh, and uh yeah and he's still doing cool stuff he i worked with project 86 for a number of years doing a lot of stagecraft stuff for them and and uh he's a good good dude hey joby don't know if you'll hear this but hello to you uh all right dear blenderhead thanks for putting out an awesome album every single song on your prime candidate for burnout record totally kicks butt as are you guys working on or planning to work on a new album i hope so anyway i was wondering if you could send me a copy of the lyrics for prime candidate burnout and the transcription for the guitaring on the album if you have any around guitaring 
<laughs> As a young guitarist, I'd really like to learn how to play your songs. I don't know if anyone from the band is reading this or if you have someone to do it for you, but my name is Caleb, in parentheses, K-Lub, uh, and I live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. My address is at the bottom of this page. Please send me lyrics and transcriptions. If not, no big deal. Your biggest fan. Uh, Caleb, here's a picture I drew of your album's cover. Please note, unable to send American stamp, uh, stamps for a self-addressed stamped envelope. Um, and it should be noted that uh, Blenderhead, uh, all our guitars and bass were tuned down a half step. And uh, Eben and Ed were both self-taught guitar players and played all kinds of weird made-up chords. And that was virtually impossible to figure that stuff out. But there you go. Doesn't mean it's good or better, but definitely hard to do. This is funny just as a historical artifact. Um, this is a letter that uh, I received. This is the last job, last straight job that I had uh, right before Blenderhead. Uh, went on tour, uh, I think maybe for our West Coast tour or something like that. And uh, at my job, they we had been absorbed by this other. I was working uh, in like a shipping receiving department at a computer place. They were basically going to uh, fire the guy that I worked with and keep me. And since I was leaving on tour, I threw myself on the sword. <laughs> to whom, this is from July 22nd, 1994 from Ameridata, formerly Business Pro Computers. Bill Power, uh, to whom it may concern, Bill Power has been employed with Business Pro, subsequently Ameridata in a full-time position as a dispatcher from June uh, 1992 to July 1994. Our recent business decision to reduce our workforce should in no way reflect negatively on Bill. We will be happy to provide you with additional information on this employee to help facilitate your employment decision. Please feel free to contact Gene in Human Resources. Thank you for considering Bill Power for employment. Uh, that was actually a pretty good job. And sadly, uh, one of the guy that was my coworker um, one day didn't show up for work and it was because he had passed away. That was one of the first times that somebody uh, worked with day to day. We'd literally sat next to each other side by side at this desk. Um, he uh, just didn't show up one day for work and he had, he was working a night job as a janitor and they found him uh, dead in the morning and he was like a young father with a kid. And I remember going to the funeral and it was the first time I was ever at an open casket and I remember just thinking, that is so crazy. Like, I just saw this guy and now he's dead. And now he's like in this open casket, like he's just gone. And then his like wife crying and kid. It was, man, it's crazy. I haven't thought about that in a really long time. Um, anyway, this is also uh, not particularly music related, uh, but uh, kind of epic uh, letter. Um, from Congress of the United States House of Representatives, a letter dated October 17th, 2002. And uh, when I read this, there was no way that I was not going to read this to you guys. So here it is. Mr. Power, uh, dear Bill, thank you for contacting me to share your views on possible U.S. military action against Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein. I appreciate hearing your thoughts on this serious matter. 
Saddam Hussein and his outlaw regime represent a serious and immediate threat to global stability and the safety of Americans. For years, the Iraqi leader has defied the agreement signed at the conclusion of Operation Desert Storm by pursuing a program to manufacture and deliver weapons of mass destruction. He has assaulted neighboring countries, used chemical and biological weapons on Iraqis, and continues to threaten the United States and our allies. I recently met with National Security Advisor Con. Delisa Rice and CIA Director George Tenet at the White House to discuss the details of the Iraqi threat. I attended a similar meeting at the Pentagon to review developments in Hussein's weapons of mass destruction programs. I'm convinced that Saddam Hussein must be disarmed before he can use nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons against the United States, our neighbors, our allies, or turn them over to terrorists to do the same. I strongly support the president's opinion that failing to counter the mounting threat that Iraq poses would simply delay the inevitable and potentially risk even more American lives in the future. I certainly appreciate having the benefit of your views on this important matter. As you know, Congress recently concluded debate on a bipartisan resolution to authorize the use of military force to address this very serious and impending threat. I participated in this floor debate. The full text of my remarks during that debate is enclosed. The resolution HJ, or resolution 114, passed the House 296 to 133. I voted in favor of this resolution because I believe we must act to address this threat and ensure our national security. I am confident that President Bush will conduct this campaign with the continued support of the American people. I cannot stress enough the grave nature of this matter, and I value your input. Thanks again for sharing your thoughts. Sincerely, Doc Hastings, member of Congress. Uh, Doc Hastings, fourth, fourth Hastings, fourth district, Washington, assistant majority whip, committee on rules, committee on the budget, dated October seventeenth, two thousand two. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Where were those WMDs? Did we find those things? I don't think so. Okay, enough of that. Here's a postcard from Florida. Greetings from Florida. Hi, what's up? We wanted to send this when we were actually in Florida, but it got lost in our van. But then we found it. Too bad it wasn't really warm in Florida. We thought of you when we saw this because of the flamingos since you live at the real flamingo. Love ya, Element 101. So my house was called the Flamingo. Many bands stayed there when I was working at the label because I had flamingos, pink flamingos on either side of my porch. There you go. It's actually a line on uh, figureheads of the forefront, on the forefront of popular culture in one of the songs uh, that goes, the flamingo has a vacancy. Uh, that's about my wife leaving me. There you go. Dear Tooth and Nail Records, uh, this is dated May 9th, 2000. My husband and I gave our son a gift certificate to a Christian bookstore. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's your first mistake? To buy a music CD for Easter. Our son, Chris, who's 15 years old, couldn't hardly wait till Monday to go buy his music. He picked out this CD. I looked at the titles to the songs and was not real happy. <laughs> Oh boy, saw this coming. <laughs> I told my son he could buy it. 
If the words were not good, he would have, but if the words were not good, he would have to throw it away. My son said, okay, he was willing to risk all his money on your CD music. That evening, we listened to the CD and then read the words to each song. We, my husband and I, were very, underlined, disappointed by this CD. This CD is in no way uplifting to Jesus Christ. My husband and I work very hard for our money uh, and feel we have been deceived by this record company advertising to be Christian when this is about as far as you can get from lifting up Jesus Christ this world. Now, I just would be making a huge mistake if I didn't point out uh, in contrast to the letter from the super punk punk rockers who said that we're tricking everyone and that no one knows that we're Christian and that we should be more upfront and we should tell people that we are, et cetera, et cetera. Here, this person says that they've been deceived because we are advertising to be Christian uh, when we're about as far from that as you can get. <laughs> oh, brother. The young people today, as my son, listen to the music, but the words feed their spirit. And putting one or two words about God into a whole lot of dark, evil words is not good. Dark in all caps. We did go back to the bookstore and they opened the CD, read the songs, and then took all the remaining CDs off the shelf. I do not blame the bookstore because they cannot possibly listen to everything they sell. They have to depend on you, the record companies. My husband and I ask you, please listen carefully to what you record and sell. Our children's souls depend on it. Thank you, Chris and Janet from Belton, Missouri. Uh, I am sad to report that they have not listed what the record was. <laughs> but, you know, could be anybody, really, right? <laughs> uh, here's another. I found another postcard from my buddy Ian. This is from November uh, 2003, dear Bill, first off, my apologies for taking so long to write, right? Yes, please, Ian, apologize. Uh, I'm behind in my correspondence as usual. Thanks very much for sending down the CDs. I've been listening to them as I type away and they're cool. One of them, Movies with Heroes, had some trouble playing on my deck, but only on the first couple of songs. I hope there wasn't a pressing defect. It's probably my machine. I don't know if you have ever made it down to DC or not, but if you want to stop by Discord at some point, just drop me a line, Ian at Discord. Uh, there you go. That's uh, This is from later on, actually. This is one around 2003 when I was running my uh, management company, the Power Agency, and Urban Achiever, the record label. So there you go. That's kind of a cool little context uh, for you. I never took him up on that offer, but I'm gonna. Really, really want to interview Ian for this show. So we'll see. All right, here's another. This is uh, this says at the top, uh, we've written on here, somebody wrote on here, letter of the month with a smiley face. Oh, I remember this. We used to put up, uh, post up whatever. Well, I don't want to give it away. Here you go. To whom this may concern. Uh, this is from January 16th, 1995. Please pray before you read this. Oh, dear Lord, help us all. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Recently, I purchased a blender head tape after hearing Cesspool on the Helpless Amongst Friends CD. I have to say, I was very disappointed in the album on the whole uh, tape. There was not one mention of Jesus, and I was offended by some of the photography on the inside. If I wanted to listen to music that didn't proclaim Jesus as Lord or minister, I would listen to what the world has to offer. I currently saw it in Camelot Music. 
store. And I believe that's where it belongs. I I see not one bit of Christian reference on the whole album, except that it's with Tooth and Nail, which in fact I felt had to count for something before, double underlined, I looked into the album. Uh, what's funny about this is that she heard Cesspool on Helpless Amongst Friends, and that's why she bought her record. But on the song Cesspool, it's all about like committing suicide. So that's odd that she would think that it'd be some uplifting thing. Anyway, uh, I honestly believe albums such as this and people such as Amy Grant have no place in the Christian bookstores. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like, is this like in this letter, this is maybe the only context in which uh blenderhead and Amy Grant are uh, in the same uh, category, baby, baby. Uh, <laughs> and people such as Amy Grant have no place in the Christian bookstores. Music is a tool, a tool for ministering. And if it's Christian, it's Christian. If it's not, it's not. And I believe it should be put in its place. <laughs> that's a funny unintentional turn of phrase if it honors god good but if it's in the christian bookstores if not i believe you should pull them off the shelves they have no place there because all it is is a lie it doesn't belong there what are they going to do next put horoscopes next to the daily devotionals come on people wake up this is what satan wants for bands like amy grant and others <laughs> she is pissed at amy grant <laughs> in vast areas to water down their testimony. People need to realize that this could send people to hell. People need to be bold. Watered down Christianity falls under the category of being lukewarm, which makes God literally sick. I just wanted to share my disappointment with you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your disappointment with us. Uh, and I'm glad I prayed before I read this letter, by the way. <laughs> In hopes that maybe it could or would change something, God's will be done. I'll be praying that God will give you the wisdom to know how to respond to this. Thanks for your time. And then there's 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Somebody wants to look that up. This is from... Young lady named Christy from Madison, Alabama, from 1995. Sent to my apartment in Seattle. Okay, not too many more here. A few, though. Team Blenderhead. This is 2 February 1995. Hi there. I'll begin by saying this. Unadultered. Rock and roll, that's your music. Out of a sea of music, your disc really stands out. I love America. Stand up and fight for your country. <laughs> well, you've got my attention. <laughs> Whoa. Anyways, I just read an interview with you guys in this prophecy. I'm glad to see that you've got a sense of humor. A sense of humor. Singular. You all share one. Huh? <laughs> It's encouraging. To, I don't understand what's happening right now. It's encouraging to hear your views on Christian living. I see that y'all are right with God. What more needs to be said? I'm also glad that not every song needs to say God or Jesus in order to be beautiful. I disapprove vehemently of your attempt at pornography. How can you exploit men like that? Plumbers have feelings too, you know. Ha, just a joke. I do have a question though. Here it goes. The Coke cans and the picture of Jesus. Here's what I think. We're all cans, playing and plain and negligible compared to the glory of Christ or that God favors those who recycle with a smiley face. 
That really wasn't a question there. Oh, yeah, the SASE Salvador stamp envelope is only a 29-cent stamp. I can't find a 3-cent stamp, and I'm too lazy to go to El Posto office. So if you could put the extra uh, 3 cents on, I'd be a rocking camper. Uh, I noticed in your interview that two of you mentioned Sunny Day Real Estate. They are amazing. I've heard that they broke up, though. Something about becoming a buzz clip or something. The point here is I heard that the singer is a Christian and was going to do another rock thing with other Christians. Maybe you know something about this. Yes, he was. Don't know if he still is. Um, Did Return of the Frog Queen and whatnot. This is for Bill. I talked to you the other day on the phone. TNN Merchandise. You mentioned Hoover. I mentioned Maximilian Colby. The address for their 7 Inches, Nervous Wreck Kids, and that has this address in D.C. Checks payable to Derek Boy. This is a very helpful guy here. He's giving me the whole address and what the price of the 7 Inches. <laughs> All this talk about other bands. Sheesh. Max Colby is much like Hoover. Emo as shot. I think that's like a Christian way of saying shit. I'm not sure. Here's a few suggestions for your band mottos. Blenderhead, bringing independent hydraulics into your living room. Not Cuisinart face. We put the cha in hot cha-cha. Or punker than Tony Danza. Oh, well, thanks for your time. Thanks for the jams. Over and out. Enjoy, Dan. Uh, and then looks like he was going to UPenn. Because he has a U-Pen thing. And then on the last page here, I thought you'd, you thought you'd escape without art. And then he has uh, Vince Neal playing guitar. Somebody named Pootylicious. Uh, zombie guy. Stick figure. Says Night of the Living Beeheads. Look at the time. I got to split, but keep rocking against negative boredom. There you go. Thanks, Dan. Punker than Tony Danza. That might have to be my new sign off. I like that. Punker than Tony Danza. All right, Blenderhead, I'm confused. I want to know why you are advertising cigarettes on the back page of your CD booklet. <laughs> Matt smoking a cigar is not an ad for cigarettes. <laughs> I also want to know why you show a person smoking a cigar also. <laughs> I don't think that this is very Christian-like. In the Bible... It says not to intake anything into your body that would harm you. I'm very curious about why you have this on your CD booklet. When I say CD booklet, I mean the little book thingy that comes inside the case of the CD. (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up. Uh, (laughs) Please write back to me soon and answer my questions if you can. I also like to know how you guys got your name. Uh, Billy from Roswell, New Mexico. Well... I think Billy's been spending a little too much time with the aliens. But um I feel like my delivery here is becoming very uh Paul Harvey, was that his name? And that's the rest of the story. Oh, here's a little postcard from uh Mike Herrera from MXPX's mother, Michelle. Dear Bill slash Blenderhead, this is from January 24th, 1994. Thank you for your piles of support for MXPX and uh, all your help. The guys love to play and appreciate any opportunity, especially with you, don't know, and the lose. She's referring to poor old Lou. We all had a lot of fun and look forward to other shows in the future. God bless your socks, Michelle, for MXPX. That's a postcard from 1994. Thanks, Michelle. 
Dear Blenderhead, I'm listening to your CD right now and you guys kick butt. I was wondering if you guys could send me some tab for one of your songs. Nope. I live in Alabama and all I do down here is skate a lot, play bass a lot, and run from hicks with knives a lot. I'm playing Cesspool right now. That song is awesome. If you guys could send me some tab, could you also send either Cesspool or Choice? If not, all your other songs are awesome too, so they do. Well, thank you. All I was wondering is if any of you guys skate. I saw your little New Deal wall on there inside of your Blenderhead self-titled CD. That's about all I have to say. God bless you all. Keep putting out CDs so I can buy them. Thanks, Rich. Uh, P.S. Please write back if you have time. And then there's a little drawing here that says anti-Satan with a circle slash on a slate Satan cartoon. <laughs> hey, Blenderhead people, can you guys mail off some of your stuff or something? My mom don't like your music because she barely hears anything about Christ in it. I'm asking if you can put what the meanings of the songs by the lyrics or whatever, because I really enjoy your music and I don't want to have to get rid of your tape. Your greatest fan, Timothy. And then there's a cartoon of a little guy with his eyeball popping out that says, help me, Blenderhead. Okay. Dear Blenderhead, I think you guys are great. My friend Buddy told me about your band and I want to get a t-shirt, so please send me some info about how to. Be, how to. Me and Buddy are just about the only punks in our town, so there isn't a big punk scene in our town. Buddy has a band called the Sock Monkeys. It's a Christian punk hardcore-ish, and they are pretty good too. Their guitar player Jared is messing with drugs, so I hope you all pray for him. Do you like my drawing of Spank D. Rabbit? <laughs> it's a rabbit that uh, says end racism uh on its face and then now in tiny little letters next to that <laughs> spank d rabbit weird names for these things just a little sketch i drew buddy thought of the name you can look at it upside down to see ya kenny and then a little box below you guys rule your fellow punk buddies and then he's from alloway new jersey p.s please write back there you go all right, just a couple more here, and then three more, and then a doozy written by me. Blenderhead, just bought your album today. Incredible. My friend and I used to listen to Cesspool on Help Us Amongst Friends, and we'd get worked up into a frenzy. <laughs> we got pumped off your album today. That quote about being gay on choice was classic. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and internalize is awesome. I have a slot on our radio station here at Central Bible College, KCBC, and I'd like to play this disc if they'll allow me to. <laughs> good luck. It's good to see the first Christian slash non-mainstream album with first-rate packaging. I believe you're the first with a full-color booklet. Tooth and Nail is doing wonders. My band here is kind of punk hardcore. We sound a lot like a little like Fugazi. We're deciding on a name. We like Orc. Reed Fleming and his band of happy helpers. <laughs> I'm all for that. Reed Fleming and his band of happy helpers. Damn, that's a good name. Black Belt Jones, Build, Olivus Stink, and Emperor Cletus. 
I really hope they went with Reed Fleming and his band of happy helpers. What do you think, if you uh, care, along with some lyrics, could you jot down some numbers and some advice on what to do with a demo? We'd really appreciate it. Any stickers or catalog of your stuff would be excellent. Whatever. God bless you guys. You're an encouragement to us all. Love in Christ, Daniel. And you drew a little shirt that says Blender Fed on it. This is from Springfield, Missouri, dated 27 September, 1994. Dear Matt, thanks for the cool note. It came with a cool envelope. Just wrote to thank you and to let you know I still support you. I would give you money, but I need to get a job first. Let me know whenever you have a show uh, near here and I'll come. Since it doesn't, he spelled it near, N-E-E-R-H-E-E-R, near here, <laughs> and I'll come. Since it doesn't suck in Washington, uh, first chance I get, I'll go there, then it won't take as long for my letters to get there. Life is so great knowing there are cool bands like you on this earth. There is such a thing as good music as long as you are around. You and all the other cool bands fit together like a puzzle with one missing uh piece it's not complete sincerely bud cool 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 blenderhead is cool 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 and then he's drawn the blenderhead guy and instead of a blender on his head it just says bud in giant letters <laughs> oh boy and then here's another one with the blenderhead guy uh, your music rips. Dear Blenderhead, send me your lyrics because I want to jam with the music. This music goes great with skateboarding. If you don't know, I skate. Continue with your music. It totally rips. Try to get those lyrics sent off. Thanks a whole lot. Nick from uh, Kula, Hawaii. feel pretty pumped that my music uh, made it to Hawaii. We're huge in Hawaii. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is the end. <laughs> uh, I do have a lot of other letters uh, and things to go through, um, but this is probably it for this month. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, all the letters from the last couple episodes and from this episode. If this is your first time listening to the show, this is not the normal format of the show. Normally I have guests. Uh, you'll probably figure that out on your own, though. Uh, this last thing is not not technically a letter. It's not a letter. It's uh, actually an article um, that I wrote. Wrote this back in uh, October 5th, 1993. So 23 years ago. And uh, I wrote this for a publication called the ACM Journal. And uh, the original title of this was Just What We Need, Another Stupid Click. And I believe the final published title of this uh, little article was uh, The Death of the Christian Music Industry. And I'm going to close with this. Just What We Need, Another Stupid Click by Bill Power. The names have not been changed. We are all guilty. I grew up in Southern California. I was in grade school during the punk rock revolution and living in Los Angeles. Black Flag, the Vandals, the Dead Kennedys, and others played regularly in my neighborhood. I grew up loving skateboards, Mohawks, KROQ, and Jesus. I was a strange kid. I started my first band, Pontius Pilot and the Pious Punks, with Mitch, one of my youth group leaders, in 1983, when I was a freshman in high school. It was during this time that bands like Undercover, The Altar Boys, The Lifesavers, and the choir changed me forever. 
I never would have dreamed that, quote, Christian music could ever sound like this. And then we played with the crucified in Fresno. I was in heaven. Concerts, a great selection of music at my local bookstore, and support from my fellow believers were a reality of everyday life. Punk rock kids, newly converted, were sitting in the pews at my local church. By the way, that Crucified show was uh, June 1986. That was 30 years ago this summer. Wacky. I graduated from high school and joined the Army. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I had a job assignment as a musician in the Army band. I had guaranteed assignment to Europe and entered the service at an advanced rank. The Army sucked, but somehow I made it through. It gave me the financial security I needed to be on my own. Before I flew to Germany, where I lived for two years, my parents moved to Seattle. When I got out in 1990, I was already enrolled in the music video program at the Art Institute of Seattle and had an apartment waiting for me in beautiful downtown Ballard. But little did I know what I was in for. The only bands in town that anybody knew about were Gloria and Bell Bang Villa. Uh, Bell Bang Villa was an uh, early incarnation of poor old Lou. Uh, about a month after I moved here, I started a new band with my friend Sam Vance called Ashes to Ashes. Later, I spent a, a year as bassist for Gloria and currently sing for Blenderhead. When I first got here, there were no shows, no record labels, no promoters, no quote scene. Thankfully, people like Chris Esty, William Burwell, Mikey Bridges, Tom and Annette Stevenson, uh, and others had the vision to bring shows and find music publications to Seattle. Uh, side note here, Tom and Annette uh, were the publishers of ACM Journal. They also uh, put on a huge Scattered Few show uh, early on that happened at the Tacoma, uh, the Temple Theater in Tacoma, uh, which was the first time that I actually met Mikey Bridges. Mikey, if you don't know, uh, was in that band, Sometimes Sunday, that had the complaint letter about Drain earlier in this episode. Um, he also put on Tom Festival, which is a huge uh, festival that we used to all go to every year in the northwest there anyway uh when i started putting on shows and put together a compilation cd the idea was to help bands out so that they could go out and reach the lost we were trying to equip and encourage people to go out into the world and change it for the better i had expected that our time of shows in the church would be brief I expected that it would only be a short time before bands would be out competing for souls in local clubs and arenas I had expected that the, the debate over art versus evangelism would be over. I expected that we would all come out of our super spiritual facades and be open and honest with each other. I expected that even if we disagreed over disputable matters, that we would love and encourage each other as Christ has commanded us. I was wrong. It's been 10 years since I was first introduced to, quote, Christian music. Over those 10 years, a lot has changed. I'm quickly approaching my 25th birthday and my two-year wedding anniversary. I've traveled the world. I've fallen from grace and returned to the throne. I've been in and out of bands. I've been in and out of churches. One thing that has not changed is people. We are all still sinners. We are all still judgmental. We still think we have all the answers. We still think we are responsible for everything and everybody. We are still trying to figure out exactly what it is we're all doing here. These are just observations. They are my opinions and my thoughts. It's okay for you to disagree with me. You will stand alone and naked before God, and I will not be there for you to blame. I hope not naked. <laughs> I just think that we have not understood that it is that God, it's what God has told us to do. I just wanted you all to know where I was coming from. I wanted to set the record straight before anybody gets confused. 
Christian music and the Christian music industry is a business. It is not a ministry. Just because somebody is ministered to by something does not make it a ministry. For example, Carmen (laughs) is a millionaire and people claim to be ministered to by his music. But Keith Green, he is not. In CCM, if you do not sell records, you will be fired. That is the truth. And if you don't believe it, just ask any of the dozens of musicians and industry veterans who can tell you their own stories. People don't sign with Christian record labels, play at churches, and do interviews for Christian publications because they have to. They do it because they want to. What we have is not evangelism, it is feel-goodism. All you have to do is say you love Jesus and that you don't care about recording contracts and somehow that makes you okay. Uh, or super spiritual and sensitive to Christ. I think that is a crock. If bands don't want recording contracts and only cared about reaching the lost, then they would spend their time with the lost and not with the local Christian record company executive. (laughs) If we really care about the lost, we will not force them to come to us in an environment that is foreign to them, i.e. the church. You can fool man, but you can't fool God. People fall through the cracks and nobody even notices. And if you do notice, nothing is done about it. Out of the blue, my wife and I moved and started attending another church across the street from our new house. It has been over three months, and we did not receive so much as a phone call asking how we were. It wouldn't even really matter to me if I was the only one, but I am not alone in this. And that is not only in the church that this is happening either. Uh, And you people expect non-Christians to come to your churches? The question you have to ask yourself is this. Do you really care about reaching people and the punk alternative subculture, or are you just trying to make yourself feel better? There's nothing wrong with ministering to the body. In fact, that is the reason I wrote this article. It is for all the Christians in my city and others who still don't get it. These kids and young adults don't trust you. They equate you with everything they hate and despise about organized religion. They see no difference between you and Oral Roberts. You might as well be an announcer for TBN as far as they are concerned. They know you don't care about them because of the way they get treated when they come to your house i.e. the church. So what are we going to do to convince them that we are not about all that? Arguing over who is a rock star and who isn't, blockading abortion clinics and putting Rush Limbaugh bumper stickers on our cars. We can't even get along with each other. How can we expect to be effective in the world uh, when we can't even get along in this clique that we've made for ourselves? I'm guilty. I've done these things too. And for that, I am truly sorry. But it is not too late. We can destroy this, quote, Christian alternative social club we have built for ourselves and really be involved in the community we live in. I'm ready to get to work. Are you? The very same year that I wrote this article, I started working at Tooth & Nail Records. All right, that's it. Enough, enough. I hope that you've all enjoyed letters, more letters, and now the end of letters. Uh, it was kind of fun reading some of that stuff and and a little embarrassing at points. Uh, but it, it is interesting, uh, nonetheless, to take a little peek into mostly the 90s. And uh, hope you enjoyed that. So uh, hope to return next week with a guest. Uh, I will have a guest. I will commit to you that there will be a guest <laughs> anyway uh thanks for listening and uh as usual the urban achiever opening and closing theme music was by ethan luck ethanluck.bandcamp.com 
And uh, you can check out Urban Achiever, Urban Achiever PC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I encourage you to sign up on the email list. You can do that at urbanachievershow.com. You can make a one-time contribution there. Uh, if you go to urbanachiever.gobigwin.com, you can buy some merch. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash urbanachiever, you can uh, make a regular monthly contribution to the show, and I appreciate your support. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, until next time, please keep up the good work, okay? I'm proud of you. That's right, man. We're Urban Achiever. What punker than Tony Danza? Hey!